0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Thinking About Food. Now, this is well and truly a welcome back because it's it's been a long while. Um, a few months ago, I started making some podcasts as a bit of fun, uh, something to do uh, on my on my off days, and uh, and a way to talk about my favourite thing, which is food and cooking and the whole world that revolves around it. Um, so, and recently, basically, I have a friend. Uh, he's basically family. A guy called Ash. Um, he uh, has his own podcast channel with a couple of other guys called Behind the Barbell, which you should definitely check out if you are anyway related to exercise or weightlifting or gyms, etc. Um, but he's just uh, started his uh, podcast back up again, which I noticed. I spoke to him and I was like, "Wow, that's really given me some inspiration to get back to it because his stuff is really, really good." You know, and even from you know my perspective, if someone that doesn't exercise whatsoever. Um, I still find his podcast really interesting and the fact that he has a couple of other guys on the channel uh, to bounce ideas off of and you know, everyone has different ways to do things and, and different ways to exercise and different ways um, how they're going to have a rest day and things like that. So you know, if you're interested in that, really honestly do go check out Behind the Barbell. It's on Spotify um, and probably various other platforms. But, but thanks to Ash because it's made me get back to doing this, which is one I really, really enjoy. So uh, today's episode, basically, it more than anything, is a, is a welcome back. Is just to tell you what's been going on, um, what I've been up to. Um, you know, I'm going to talk about what, what I've been doing in my career and things like that, um, and a bit more into this, you know, a bit more of an insight into the world of hospitality. Um, and then I thought we'll move on to a new section that um, I've been thinking about uh, called Food News, which uh, we'll obviously talk about what's what's going on in the news right now, um, revolving around food, what are the hot topics. Um, and then hopefully we'll, go, we'll move on to seasonal food, which we've talked about before in our previous episodes, um, where we just talk about a few items of uh, food that are seasonal uh, at this month, in time, in our country, uh, which is obviously England for me, or the UK in general. Um, and uh, what we can do with that and how we can obtain it um, and then lastly well I've got a couple of Q&A questions that i found off of the Cora app um, if you don't know what Cora is it's an, it's an amazing app that you can check out um, which uh, you basically create a profile you choose subjects that you that you know a lot about um, and then people ask you questions and you answer them and then and you ask other people questions and, and it's a really cool fun way of getting Q&A's you know, sort of set up and, and, and for you to learn more and for you to teach other people. Um, and it's a really, really cool platform and it's really, really nice. Like it's full of lovely people on there. But yeah, so again, go check out Quora um, with a Q. So we might as well uh, get, get started. Um, what's been going on with me? Well, you know, as we've just t- spoke about, uh, I've had a large break from doing this. Um, and not only that, as I had a really big break from social media. Um, in general, because you know, I had a lot of things going on in my life. I Unfortunately, lost my father-in-law. Um, you know, so I've been trying to sort of spend more time with family and with friends and with my wife, and uh, you know, and, and not sort of, you know, worry less about the little things, um, you know, and, and pay more attention to the important things in life. You know, it really does give you perspective when you lose someone, um, anyone, wh- wh- whoever it is in your life. You know, it, it does give you some perspective. Um, so, I mean, that's what's been going on in my personal life. Um, but sort of you know everything's back to normal now um, as as normal as it can be and you know I'm feeling good so which is great. Um, Career-wise some strange stuff's been happening. Um, I am actually leaving my full-time job as a chef um, for uh, various reasons, Um, mainly to um, focus on uh, my private side of things. So my private dining, I've still been doing lots of jobs. I've been doing a couple of jobs a month and it's going really well. I really enjoy it. Um, you know, I, I've been experiencing and talking to lots of different people and doing lots of different cuisines. Recently, I did a, a Chinese buffet for, for a really nice family, um, which was really fun to do because I've never really cooked too much sort of Asian Chinese cuisine uh, from scratch before, you know, but I was doing, uh, you know, uh, crispy chili beef. Um, I did a king prawn, uh, I think it's a Kung Pao, or Kung Po, I don't know how you say it, but something like that. Uh, Kung Pao's a, a hilarious old film, actually, it probably wasn't that. But, um, uh, yeah, so, you know, that was really fun to do, to cook some different stuff. I did a, an Italian menu recently as well, which I think Italian cuisine is probably my favorite cuisine because it's so simple, Um, and it's all about the ingredient, which is, you know, which is my style, you know, I I like sort of simple food, um, but but obviously something that's super tasty and not like hiding, you know, I, I find, you know, personally for me, too many chefs, um, sort of can sometimes spoil a dish with how many flavors they're putting in there and how fancy they make it, you know, don't get me wrong. I enjoy making a nice fancy looking dessert or something like that, but, um, when it comes to basics, um, when it comes to how I cook, you know, I like to source the best ingredients, and um, you know, a, and accentuate them, you know, and, and and to get you to really understand how great these fresh ingredients are, um, and that's that's what I usually task myself of doing. So yeah, Italian menu was really fun. Um, you know, we, we we know Italian food. You know, lots of tomatoes and basil and cheese, and oh, just love it. It's just some of the best foods to eat in the world. That alongside Spanish, which I can't get enough of either. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm changing I'm changing my career slightly. Not I, I don't really see it as a change of career. I just see it almost as a change of lifestyle. Um, I'm going to go uh, full time in the week, Monday to Friday, nine to five, going roofing, um, which is i uh, you know, basically going to be fitting uh, metal, uh, you know, basically metal roofs. So um, I'm going in as a labourer, just helping a guy out, but it enables me to have weekends off, enables me to have um, evenings off which one, as we spoke about a minute ago, gives me time to spend uh, with my family, with my friends, um, because, you know, the problem is with being a chef, it it is very much a lifestyle. If you work in a pub or a hotel or a restaurant, you know, you are required to work most weekends. You are required to work most evenings. So it becomes very hard socially um, to interact with people because, you know, you tend to only ever interact with the people that you work with um but you know and also if you work like in a you know i basically work in a pub myself it is a small boutique sort of inn um but it is very pub-like and you know i found that i find myself that i don't have much willpower and i spend a lot of time in the pub because i finish i finish work and you know i might finish work at nine nine and a half, nine, and you know it's still the same as if you as a normal person was to finish at five o'clock You know that nine half nine is is the same time for me if you get what i mean so i still have three four five hours of of cool down chill out time afterwards um you know and i often spend time at the pub or or whatever and i don't end up going to bed till two three in the morning most mornings and it really it really buggers up your sleep pattern um especially you know when it comes to a day off and you end up sleeping in and then you know and and people are, are, are doing other things and you know, having a Monday off is just never fun because no one's ever around. So, excuse me. Um, you know, so I mean, but obviously, these are sacrifices that you make for something that you love doing. You know, and I absolutely do, uh, you know, love being a chef, and I wouldn't change my career and and do what I am doing um, if I didn't have the private stuff in place because I need that. I need that um, somewhere for me to be creative, somewhere for me to you know let myself loose and be me. Um, and i couldn't just get rid of that permanently just for the sake of spending more time with friends and family because you know your self is way more important than anything else you know and i think a lot of people forget that um is that you simply cannot be you can't be selfless unless you're selfish to start with because unless you're happy you ain't gonna make anyone else happy so i think that's you know that's, that's something that i've always lived by um, it's hard because, you know, when you've got a wife and you've got, a, a, you know, parents and, you know, I don't have any kids, but, um, you know, when you've got those things in your life, you know, you want put, to put all of your love and attention into those things. But sometimes you just forget about yourself um, and and you end up not being happy. And I think that's what's happened to me over the last few months, irregardless of the, the horrible things that have happened. Um, so, you know... That's, that's what I'm doing, that, that that was basically it. Just wanted to get that off my chest. I find that you know I've sort of been telling a lot of people about what I'm doing and I get sort of very mixed responses and I thought this is a great platform for me to explain exactly what is going on in my head and why I'm making the change that I am. Um, but I'm excited, I'm excited for the future. Um, this will hopefully as well generate lots more time to spend with my friend kai um who me and him have been speaking a lot recently we've had quite a few business meetings a lot of brainstorming going on um where we we, we want to run our own catering company basically and it's becoming increasingly more impossible because he's a chef i'm a chef we're always working opposite shifts uh we're always working late always working the busy times of year when people will want you for a catering job so um you know i'm hoping that my you know, changing what I'm doing will will, will aid that. Um, so, but yeah, we've got lots of lots of really cool ideas, and I really can't wait to share it with people um, because I think we've got some unique stuff going on in there. Um, you know, so I'm really I'm really excited for the future. Um, so yeah, that's basically what's going on with me. I, another thing that I'm doing at the minute to uh, fill my spare time um which you know obviously i will transition into doing more of um is baking um because believe it or not you know I'm a, I'm a chef been a chef for 10 years i do know a lot about food i do know a lot about kitchens but one of my one of the areas that i love but i also lack in a lot of is um is baking and is cakes and is things like that so what i've one thing i've taken to doing is making um um Making cakes for people's birthdays, uh, which I do want to carry this on, it's like kind of like my little like personal touch to to people. It's amazing, like when you see someone's face light up when you give them a homemade cake, you know, and the effort that you put into that, because they know that it's spent. You've spent a couple hours doing it, and you know, and uh, you know, you can see that personal touch within. But yeah, so I've been doing that. Um, made some really cool stuff. I made my wife a. Uh, she loves lint chocolate, so I made her a, a, a basically a, a, a triple like decker. Lint chocolate cake uh, with a chocolate mirror glaze, which, again, I'd never made before, but it came out fairly well. A bit of, perf- a bit, of bit more perfection needs to happen, but um, it's getting there. I made a kai, a, a, a pistachio and lime cake, which I must say was probably one of the best cakes I've ever made. Um, it was amazing. I couldn't stop eating it, even though it wasn't my cake. Um, so thank you, kai, for letting me eat some. Um, and then just uh, yesterday was... Um, uh, my, my, my very good friend uh, wills birthday um and i made him a chocolate guinness cake which is which was amazing with a cream cheese frosting so it looked like a guinness um a pint of guinness you know and i did like i cut a stencil out of, uh, out of a piece of card for a pint of guinness and did that with cocoa powder over the top um and it was it was cool it turned out really well and we all just sat down and ate a slice of that and oh my, my word it was lovely really good um so yeah i will be doing that and um and just baking in general really and um, my wife's been really getting into it as well and she's been getting really into cooking because she's had a change of career herself just before christmas where she's also doing a nine to five um working for a mystery shopping company which is really cool and exciting actually um so you know because I, I kind of like me uh, me and sarah are very much like uh, like personal shoppers but to, to for no company when we go out you know we're always sort of sat in a restaurant criticizing what people are doing or praising what they're doing and you know we don't tell them but we just we keep it to ourselves and so i think that job really suits her um really well so but basically um yeah so she's been really getting into the into cooking because of the time that she's got off and um which is really really great um but yeah i mean i love i love baking in my spare time and if any of you are listening um you know i really like to know what you guys like to bake or what you guys like to cook in your spare time you know whether it's cakes or whatever um you know i'll be really really interested in to know because i absolutely love it and i think it's really therapeutic and i think that it's um you know really enjoyable and you get a really good end result even if it doesn't work out very well you got something to tasty to generally um and and that's and that's that but yeah in general i mean that kind of finishes that sort of warm-up uh, welcome back section of what i've been doing um and where I plan to go um and you know I think it's also it's really really important in life as well to have a sort of generic plan of what you want to do you know whether it's a year plan a five-year plan whatever you know is to have you know targets to work towards and keep those targets small because you get a much greater sense of achievement if you complete 10 really small targets than if you complete one large target so I think that's really important um But, uh, you know, along with all that, I think it's also really important to have rest time and have reflection, uh, a reflection period, um, which is essentially what I was doing over the last sort of three, four months. Um, I've just spent time spending it with my wife, spending it with friends, thinking about what I want to do, thinking about where I want to go. And it really is good because it's really refreshing to then sort of get back into it, kickstart your life again and you know, with a slightly different perspective, so, uh, you know, I think that's something important for you, you know, that's my opinion, you know, you can take that on board if you wish, Um, but, you know, that's that, so, um, now we've, completed that section let's move on to a new section that I want to do which is food news so uh, which basically every time I do a podcast I am not putting myself on a uh, time limit of when I'm gonna do a podcast I would love to do one once a week but um, I don't know if that's possible but I'm not gonna put a time constraint because I'll just be disappointed in myself I don't meet it but the, every time I do a podcast what I want to do is, is talk about food news talk about something um quite particular in the news that um is foodie related or drink related even uh, hospitality related um that is is fairly big and people that know that know about it and just offer my opinion and and, and talk further about it so um one uh obviously big subjects you know that is probably worth talking about is that everyone's talking about is the coronavirus now um you know my opinion on this uh it, it varies, but obviously, I think that the the media, the the media in general, is uh is portraying it in a bad light, in the sense that it's, there's a lot of scaremongering going on. I think it's being blown up a lot and made out to be like a lot worse than it actually is. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, it's horrible. It's killed over three thousand people so far. Um, but you know, it's been going on now for a month or two, and uh, you know, it's killed over three thousand people. But in the UK alone. Uh, on average, I think it's about ten thousand people die a year of just generic flu, you know, and we vaccinate for that as well. So, you know, I think that it, you know it's been blown away out of proportion, um, but you know, it's still important that we know about it and we learn about it and that we keep an eye on it because you know we tackle lots of things like this in our day and age, and I think it's really important. But how this relates to food, I hear you ask. Well. Because uh, the thing that I want to talk about in relation to coronavirus is obviously this whole um, sick pay self-isolation You know this 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 thing that everybody's going on about which is uh, do I get paid if I get you know Two weeks off because lots of employers now are making people take two weeks self-isolation If they're coming back off of holiday from a country that is you know badly affected by the virus so um, I, I, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty certain Boris Johnson was in talks recently or yesterday about um, making it compulsory that employers have to pay you. Um, because frankly, I think it's really important. Um, because if an employer makes you take two weeks off to self isolate when you come back from holiday, if per chance, you know, and it will be a slim chance that you have the coronavirus, um, then and you find out you're not going to be paid. Then people are just going to lie about going on holiday or going on holiday where they're going, um, and come back to work. And if there is, like I said, a slight chance that you have it, then you're just going to spread it around because you know. And I, the way I see that is, personally myself, I'd probably do, you know, I'd probably do the same thing. I can't afford to have two weeks off unpaid, you know, you know, I have bills to pay. And you know, if 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 I went on holiday and I came back and my job was like you, you're not allowed to come to work for two weeks. I'd probably really struggle so you know I think it's really important people um, the businesses adopt this uh, paying people to do it um, to have this time off because you know it's gonna prevent a lot more spreading um, and, and how this ties into the food industry sorry is that I think it's ever more important in hospitality um, to make this compulsory because you know we handle food you know if it takes only takes one person to lie um, and come into work and, you know, that may carry the coronavirus. And they're not only going to pass it to their, to their, um, you know, uh, other employees, um, they're going to pass it on to all your customers because you're going to be handling food, you know, and things like that. And I think, you know, that's so important. I just, the reason why I was talking about this, because a big headline in the news today um, was that Greggs, uh, the bakery Greggs um, have decided that they're going to pay everyone um, and I thought that's really good because that's such a big company. And Greg's been in the news a lot recently, um, with uh, great great things that they're doing, you know, as a company, and um, and they're really inspirational as it, when it comes to the things that they're doing. Um, <laughs> although they gave, I think it was Stormzy or something, a black, their first ever black card, which I guess unlimited Greg's for. I just thought that was hilarious, but pretty cool. I really want a black Greg's card, I want to be that important, but. Anyway, I do love a sausage roll. But, you know, so the coronavirus is just one little section I wanted to talk about today and how it's really important that uh, businesses uh, pay people when they self-isolate for two weeks, um, because they're just gonna lie and it's gonna be spread more. And I think it's really important in the food industry because we handle food and and whatnot. Um, the second thing that I wanna talk about, um, which is a really, really controversial subject. Um, and, and, it's, and it's come to light since we have left the EU, we have, you know, as a country, we have Brexited um, and, um, you know, there's a lot of talks going on at the moment, a lot of trade deals, blah, blah, blah. But one of the big things that have been talking about food wise is uh, chlorinated chicken, um, which is something that the, um, uh, which is something that Americans do in the US, um, which, uh, what is chlorinated chicken? Um, it's also known as pathogen reduction. Uh, but essentially, once their chickens have been butchered um, and, and processed through an abattoir or a slaughterhouse, they are then washed in a chlorine solution which kills off bacteria and the likes of salmonella and reduces all of that stuff. Um, so that's that's how they do things in their country. We have been under EU rule, which means that we don't do that. Um, our chicken is deemed safe enough in the process that we use, um, through our abattoir through the killing process. Um, and that is, that is fine because frankly, you know, I get really annoyed about, um, when you see lots of these programs about, you know, how horrible abattoirs are and things like that. Well, actually in this country, they're very good. And in the EU in general, um, they are exceptional because, um, you know, There's so many laws and regulations that we follow. I actually live next to an abattoir, um, weirdly enough. I don't ever get bothered by smell or noise or anything like that. Maybe that's just me, but I don't really ever hear or smell anything. Um, And I know I have lots of friends that work there and they tell me all the time about how clean it is, about how how often there's officials walking around, there's people checking things, ticking boxes. You know, you cannot get away with anything these days because everything has to be so regulated and so, um, uh, you know, looks after and clean and hygienic. Um, You know, and, and that's something that, especially our country prides itself in, Um, is achieving that so um so anyway yes chlorinated chicken i went off on a tangent then um the talk is at the moment that we might have to or not that we have to but that we might adopt chlorinated chicken and there's a lot of controversy around it um you know I i don't want my chicken sprayed with chlorine um you know blah 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 Um, there's there's two sides to the argument. i have been doing a bit of research. Personally, my opinion on it on it is I love the way that we do things here in this country how we handle meat how we are hygienic Um, I don't think we need we need to do that I think you know anything that you're adding to my chicken is just not needed like please don't do that (laughs) But that's my opinion. But you know, I'm, I'm I've been reading both sides of the argument and seeing what what You know both sides say, um you know, and they are telling me, uh, the, these articles that I've been reading, uh, most of them say that, you know, there, there is no danger to eating chlorinated chicken, that it will have no effect on you, it will have no effect on your body, um, it will have no effect on taste, all that kind of stuff. Okay, fine. Um, apparently, uh, as an EU rule, we actually chlorinate and spray all of our fruit and veg anyway, so, you know, nobody complains about that, so why are we now complaining about chicken? So I understand that argument, you know, if that's true, that we do uh, chlorinate our fruit and veg, then, okay, well, I've never noticed anything different, they all taste really good, and, you know, there's no harm going on, so, you know, cool, whatever. Um, you know, but I think uh, the the something to take away from this, and this is the way I've sort of been processing this in my head, is that if you were to adopt a rule where you chlorinate a chicken, and, and the chlorination process eliminates all bacteria right then the process before in the slaughterhouse or abattoir um, doesn't have to be as highly regulated and i feel like maybe it will slip you know it will slip downhill a bit um and the abattoirs and slaughterhouses will become like they are in these documentaries you see on netflix Um, you know i think you know and that's what generally worries me is that we do things so well at the minute and i think it will be really detrimental if you know we change to this and then regulations slip um because you know we, we won't be under regulation for all these for rules and abattoirs and things like that so um you know that's what generally worries me the most um when it comes to that um but you know you can look at it in two different ways, but I think, frankly, in, in this country, we pride ourselves with this whole field to fork thing, where uh, food isn't really tampered with. Um, it, it, you know, it's just it comes from the field, it it gets processed, it comes out, but you know, we eat it. Um, you know, if we can take anything from this, if I can give any advice, is just you know, if you're afraid, go to your butchers, go to your local butchers. That's why I've always said, you know, in previous things about you know, when we talk about seasonal food and stuff like that as well, is take. Um You know, it, you know. For example, like if you were to buy a chicken in a supermarket that came from some random country, not all the time. You know, a lot of them are British as well. But you know, th- there's a lot more processes involved because they're from a supermarket and that they have to be treated in a certain way and pumped full of water and blah blah blah. Whereas if you went and got, bought a chicken from a from a from your local butcher's, the difference is amazing. You can tell the difference. The chicken will be twice the size to start with um it won't shrink um it will taste better so you know if you're going to take anything away from what we've just been talking about go to your local butchers it's so important and believe it or not it's not that much more expensive it really isn't and the quality is 10 times better and you get more for your money so that's my opinion um but yeah that concludes the food news um section um something a bit different uh, two quite depressing subjects, to be honest. I, I'm hoping to find something better in the uh, in the news and in the media to talk about the next time I do a podcast, but that's what I've come across for now. Um, so that moves us really nicely on to seasonal food. Um, so again, what I always do... Um, And this is something I always do when I write menus and now when I'm doing podcasts is I go to a website called eat the seasons Which is an absolutely great website for a chef Um, And it'll basically list everything From it'll have a sort of a veg section a fruit section. Then I have like a meat and fish section uh, And it'll tell you what is in season um, In that month and you can check out each month as it goes along and see what's going on So so this month is is um is march i was about to say broccoli because that's at the top of my list that i've wrote down here um something that's very in at the moment is broccoli um uh, more specifically um uh purple sprouting broccoli or tender stem broccoli um they're really in at the moment um or as americans call it broccolini Uh, but which I absolutely love uh, tenderstem stem broccoli and purple sprouts and broccoli. I think they have an amazing flavor. They're much sweeter than the normal broccoli um, and have a lot more flavor as well. Um, and I've been using it loads. I use it all the time at home. Um, I use it quite often at work, um, but I use it a lot at home I, in, in everything. I use it in stir fries. I use it in curries. I use it just fried up with a bit of butter a bit of salt that goes with a nice piece of fish oh you just can't you, you can't beat it it's really good um so do head to your local supermarket head to your local farm shop um pick yourself up some lovely broccoli because it's in season it won't taste any better throughout the year than it does now um, and it'll be cheaper and just better for you um, so do check that out um another thing Um, piece of food, I just dropped my pen, sorry. Um, Another thing, another piece of food that we have to talk about is rhubarb. Um, It's one of my favorite ingredients when it comes to fruit, Um, and it is just about to, it's just coming into season. You probably will struggle to find generic, normal rhubarb because it doesn't usually come into sort of mid to late spring. Uh, but now we're getting to the beginning of spring we'll start to see the likes of forced rhubarb which is grown in a warehouse if you don't know what forced rhubarb is um it basically is grown with little to no light um, which essentially forces the rhubarb to grow faster because it's trying to get to some light um and as a result it makes the rhubarb really really pink um which is where you see that real bright pink rhubarb it makes it um sweeter um and just really, really nice. Um, You you know, it it has different uses. Um, I find that um, forced rhubarb holds its shape better. It has a much more stronger structure. So when you wanna, so what I often do with forced rhubarb is I poach it. Um, I make a poaching liquor um, and do that. um, And it's really, really good. Um, I'm just reading my uh, anchor app where I'm recording and apparently you can record up to 30 minutes in your web browser if you like to record for longer you can use an app on your computer cool so I'm gonna have to wrap this up unfortunately um but yeah I mean rhubarb check it out uh we're just going to do a short episode this time because i've just got a new computer and i haven't downloaded any new software yet so i'm just recording straight on the podcast app um but we'll we'll, we'll, we'll come back we'll do another one we'll finish off some more seasonal food do some q and a's but that is about it thank you very much um for another episode of thinking about food i've been your uh, resident chef and host joe dibley thank you very much goodbye